Hello once again everybody and welcome back to The Brink as we come to you for episode 52 of our Brinkaliciously rebooted podcast. We are November the 20th, I was going to say 30th, that's not correct Ben, uh, 2017, day of releasing this and another big episode to get to today. Um, as per usual, we've got a few regular people returning and a few other random things and one segment that we have not had in such a long time that I know you're going to be very much excited for today. Uh, but, of course, we always like to have a look at some statistics for you throughout the week, where you've been listening to us from and everything else along those lines. And um, big shout out, obviously, as always, to our American, Austrian and Cook Islands listeners, uh, sort of the regular ones there coming the way through. But a big shout out, especially this week, I think, to our Lena Valley listeners. Big spike in a listenership uh, from Lena Valley. I know that was the Sarge's um, old least favourite suburb. So it was home to a lot of dog poo, so... Um, not really sure I agree with the Sarge when it comes to that, but uh, obviously uh, the dog poo's cleared up slightly and um, a lot of you people from Lena Valley are listening. So as always, if you're listening and you want to have a bit of a say, then we'd love to hear from you. So by all means, message us in and we'd love to chat to you. What's up? Dakota. Say- it's been a few weeks since we've had this little shit on the show. Uh, it's Dakota Leary. Hello, Dakota. Welcome back to the, the show. Hello. Yeah, good to be back. Isn't, is it a few weeks? Because I'm pretty sure um, I was last week, but... Well, I was in the Gold Coast last week, so no, you, were, you weren't on last week. So, no, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you just hijacked the show and I just didn't hear that episode, so. Yeah, I mean, never know. Never know, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's what's happening? I mean, I know it's been um, happening, but I don't know if you just want to get on a soapbox <laughs> and self-promote yourself, you little jerk, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. Uh, today's the day I found out if I'm young Tasmanian of the year. So, uh, yeah, so like, let's let's yeah. talk this up. You are officially a finalist in the uh, the Young yeah. Tasmanian of the Year Awards, Mister Big Wig. Uh, yeah. What the hell yeah. did you do? Yeah. Do we, like is this just they um, just look at all look, the fifteen year olds and go, oh hey, cool, what's up? You feel like I, shit, so have an award. I never know what I do. I just do stuff, and then people were like, oh, you've done this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. All right. I'll I feel like I need that. to read your little spiel here. Keep going. I want I want you to talk about this. Okay. Um, and so I do some like um, stuff with headspace and stuff with mental health and all that kind of thing. And obviously, um, in the Gnocchi Task Force, and I do some stuff with the Youth Network of Tasmania and all that kind of jazz. So, yeah. so pretty much you're just a big deal. So, um, you know. I guess so. Yeah. All right. So, shall we read this out? Say that. Shall I want to read um, this out? To everybody? Yeah, alright, go for it. This is um, the Australian of the Year Awards, 2018, Tasmania nominees, Young Australian of the Year. Uh, Dakota Leary, uh, they've got your age wrong, they're saying you're 19 here, we know you're 15. Um, they've done um, preparation for like, yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way, for the other day. Yeah, um, oh yeah, it was, yeah. That's d- what meant. <laughs> Mental health volunteer okay. and youth spokesperson, yes. that's nice. Doesn't say radio host or brink host, cool, good for them I'm to sure. avoid that uh, little aspect. The one that's there is a shorter version than the one that... Is it actually... Who um, nominated you, Dakota? Be honest. Um, Someone from Headspace. Sure it wasn't you? Come on now. No, it wasn't. You can't nominate yourself. <laughs> yes, you can. I don't um, think you can. Yeah. A friend told me that. I don't know. Uh, oh, drawing cool. on his own... Drawing on his own lived experience of mental illness, Dakota Leary is reducing stigma and supporting other young people through their toughest times. Good on you. Uh, Living with his grandmother since the age of two, Dakota has faced significant people through their toughest times. That's why you talk to me. Living with his... Oh, no, I've read that bit. Um... 
What am I reading here? Oh, I've like read things. I can't even read properly. This is why I don't do shit with words, because I'm dumb. Dakota has faced significant hurdles. After the National Youth Mental Health Foundation Headspace supported him, Dakota chose to give back. At the age of 19, Dakota is already a seasoned volunteer. He's an advocate and advisor for Headspace in Tasmania, raising awareness for youth mental health through a range of events, including Are You OK Day and Wear It Purple Day. <coughs> He is a youth leader with the Glenorchy City Council's task youth force. He helped disband the Glenorchy City Council by working from within. Oh, actually, I just made that up. Uh, and has played a role in the development of several events and resources. As a volunteer youth consultant for the Youth Network of Tasmania, he's developing strategies to ma- maximise the participation and engagement of young people in the community. Dakota continues to juggle speaking engagements and advocacy in the studies in the University of Tasmania. Now, now congratulations. It's a big honour. Uh, I would know. I've been in this position before. I'll tell you about that. Have you? Uh, I'll, I'll, read you, I'll read you my bio. I've, I've, I've been one of these All right. before. All right. But um, I just want to go who you're up against here. So you're up against Shay Denny, yeah. a 23-year-old disability advocate. Yes. Um, Nenny Manesh. Uh, an anti-racism campaigner and refugee advocate, and yep. doctor, oh, doctor, Jessica yeah, doctor. Manuels, yeah. a dentist helping indigenous communities. 29, yeah, 29, that's old. Oh, yeah, she's old. <laughs> you need to stop moving around so people can hear you. You're like covering your microphone. I don't know what you're doing. I'm not moving around at all. <laughs> Sit still. Um, I have. I, I'm going to uh, say. I mean, I have. My tip to win this is uh, Nenny Manash. Man- Man- Manasse? Manasse? Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she grew up in well, a... To be honest. I need to read the opening sentence of this to tell you that she's going to win. Growing yeah. up in a refugee camp. Uh, yeah. Done. She's yeah. won. Yeah. Uh, she's won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's a big... Congratulations. I mean, were you... Expect, I mean, I, I kind of... I saw your post on Facebook. Obviously, you, you know about this about, I guess, a month beforehand. Um, yeah. So, I mean, were you just dying? Like, oh my God! Um, yes. to, to get I really out. wanted to tell people. I was like, ah, let's tell people. But I Who did you tell? Did you tell Hamez? I didn't tell anyone. Oh, come on. You told someone. You no, told, I didn't. You told, what's her name? What's her girl? I forgot your girlfriend's name. Ruby. Right. Hey, Ruby. How you doing? You told Ruby. No, I didn't. You told. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. No. Come on. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, can, I can bullshit a bullshitter. I oh, can okay. bullshit anyone. So you're going to the, I mean, time of recording this, the date, this obviously we're releasing this on a Monday, but it's a Friday now that we're recording this. Yeah. But so you, are the awards still at that like Wine Creek Vineyard thing out near Richmond or have they moved them? No, they're at um, Government House. Ooh, la di da. Does yeah. uh, the governor do it or who's there? Willie? I'm Mr. not sure. I, I have, I don't know. The Will is there and so is the governor. Lisa Archer's going to be there, of course, to support it, her um, favourite person. Of course, definitely. Um, but I'm not sure who's going to be there. I'm going to a lunch with the Premier and the Governor. Oh, like, going to a lunch with the, the Premier and the Governor. La-dee-da. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good for you, Dakota. Say hi to Will for me. It's been a while. I shall. Uh, All right. She's like, hi, Will. How you doing? Good. Yep. Ben says, oh, yep. Cool. Him. Um, now, I okay, yeah, I was, I was a finalist back right. in 2010. Uh, Ooh, so you would have been the ripe old yeah. age of, what, 12? Jesus. Yeah, I was 12. Um, yeah. Now, I, I didn't win, clearly. Because uh, let's, let's, let's just to update our uh, listeners uh, who kind of don't know how this works. So if you win, you get to go to Canberra on Australia Day. Yeah. And then you'll get to stand next to Malcolm Turnbull as they yeah. announce somebody else as the Australian, young Australian of the year and not you. So um, <laughs> yeah. but you get a free trip to Canberra. You hang out at the PM. Like, cool. Yeah. 
Um, but okay, so I was nominated in 2010. This is for the 2011 yeah. ones. Now I didn't. I actually didn't get to go to the ceremony because I was in America at the time. So I, yeah. my parents had to represent me. So I didn't even get the lunch oh, with the premier and all this thanks. kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to read this out and I want you to tell me how is it possible that I didn't win? Because right. um, when you compare this to all the other people I was up against, even I laugh at how bullshit this is that I was a finalist. All right. Ready? You ready? Let's do this. Ben right. Waterworth is an incredibly active part of the Hobart community and is passionate about the state of Tasmania being more nationally and internationally recognised. He first appeared on Hobart's leading community station, Edge Radio, as part of the Elizabeth, they spelled Elizabeth wrong, uh, College Schoolies Hour, and was immediately offered his own show by the manager. He is now host of radio programs The Brink and The F1 Show, now the qualifying lap available on iTunes. Through his programs, Ben has campaigned to get major events to Hobart, feeling that they all too often miss out. Although the idea began as somewhat of a joke, he has spearheaded the bid for the Hobart to get the Olympic Games, and it has become a serious goal that has captivated and enthralled Tasmanians. Ben has formed a committee of experts, attracted wow. sponsors, developed plans for a 100,000-seat stadium, and re-rallied international people to get on board to assist with the bid. Even if the bid is unsuccessful, spoiler alert, it was, uh, Ben has managed to promote... That's why we're going to Tokyo in uh, three years. Ben has managed to promote Hobart on the international stage, which is the ultimate goal with all his work. He's been a vocal campaigner for bringing an AFL and an A-League team to Tasmania, as well as a big day out concert. I never did that. Uh, now, in his final, <laughs> now in his final year studying journalism at the University of Tasmania, <coughs> Ben's commitment to promoting Tasmania is admirable. Aww. Oh, a crock admirable. of shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, people who were doing shit that year won. So <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. <laughs> the photo of me, I look like I'm 12. Um, so, <laughs> um, so have you got your acceptance speech uh, ready to go that you'll never get um, to read? There is no speech because um, the winner just gets asked a bunch of questions. Cool. So yeah. are you ready to not have to answer a bunch of questions tonight? I am ready. Although... <laughs> I think, like, as much as I probably won't win, I'm in with a pretty good chance because I'm pretty well Well, you're in with a 25% chance of winning? I'm not sure who who picks the winner, but if it's, like, some sort of politician or something that I know, then I'm probably going to win. There's a a committee. It's like, you know, people sit down and chill and shit. Um, I mean... It's yeah. I I think you just you you you're going for a free win, a free trip to Canberra. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah. Which I mean, everybody wants. Um. So <laughs> I like Canberra. I shouldn't bag out Canberra. That's the um, right. So I mean, I just want you to do uh, if you do win. Uh, and yeah. by all means, again, you you're absolutely right. You're in with a good chance. You're one of four finalists, so you've got as much chance as the other three. Except you weren't raised in a refugee camp, so you're probably not going to win. Yeah, there's that. But, um, yep. <laughs> I, I want you to thank the brink in your your speech. I want you to like drop it. I mean, I'm not going to know. This isn't televised right. or shit. So I mean, you could just tell me. It's you actually. I'm pretty sure because the other ones, the other states were um, live on Facebook. So this one. Oh well, okay. Well, true. No. I, I mean, I'm seeing Justice League tonight. So Justice League, <laughs> watch Dakota get not get an award. Hmm, don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, what what uh, can you mention the brink in your your speech? I can. But you, you, it's will not you? going to be because I won't win. So. <laughs> will you, though, Dakota? I will. I'll go and rah-rah, um, thanks to the brink for... Um, <laughs> you so for, won't. For, um, <laughs> for giving me my first opportunity to talk shit. 
Yeah, well, don't you forget that. My first uh, I'm ever just, opportunity I'm... to talk shit. And you still get to talk shit all these <laughs> and years I'd later. Still, yeah. Yep. I'm just I'm scrolling through the other nominees like on a national level because I always like to kind of see because there's always like celebrities who get nominated yeah. like you know Samuel Johnson's <clears throat> up there Magnus Debansky's yeah. one of the finalists um, I've just actually noticed here this is an interesting one and he's nominated in New South Wales because I guess he lives there now uh, you probably wouldn't know who this is Walter McCacke who uh, I guess when Port Arthur happened uh, he was like the face of the Survivor people because like he's yeah. um, he's he's he was the one whose wife and two kids got like murdered. So oh, right. he's, okay. he's been nominated now as a gun control campaigner and children's champion. Uh, but he's been nominated in New South Wales. I guess he moved to New South Wales and doesn't live in Tasmania anymore. So anyway. Yeah, anyway, um, so. cool. We'll, we'll see how we go. Uh, anything else to talk about here, Dakota, while we've got you on the line? Anything else gone down? I don't think so. Not really. No? No. Don't want to, like, I don't know, talk about... Anything? Okay, fine. Fair enough. Uh, well, look, we'll get you on again next week. We'll find out whether you've won, you've lost, and um, I guess we need to forget lyrics at some point too because we haven't sung in a while. So um, I guess so. It's always a pleasure, Dakota, and uh, right. good luck. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. It is, of course, uh, time to move into one of our segments, actually. Uh, before we do, uh, can I just quickly say that uh, to update you on what you just heard a few seconds ago uh, with Dakota Leary, um, he did not uh, win that uh, that section. That actually went to uh, the dentist, uh, the Indigenous Communities dentist, uh, Dr. Jessica Manuela, 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 Ben. So I was wrong there that Nene Manache would win that one. But anyway, let's go to this segment right now. Flashing back, 2010 now we're into actually the best of 2010. We've gone through 2009, so of course that means we're going to get to 2010. And as always, our best of CD that we released in 2010, I think we need to uh, hear a little bit of the introduction of how we uh, did that one. So let's first all hear this. in the world. It's time for the sun to come up, the birds to start singing, and the radio airwaves to get electric. For it's Friday morning, and that can only mean one thing. So put the cat down, zip your fly up, and tell your mum you're sick, as your diary just became full of the most exciting and brink delicious action that is happening anywhere right now. It's The Brink, live on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Over to the studio. A new dawn is upon us as we get back to our roots, the roots that everybody likes to do and have and say and speak <laughs> on another Friday morning here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM, the 15th of January 2010. Ben in the chair, as he always is, and joining me is somebody who I think possibly got rid of that cake. I don't know, did we even follow on with that story? I can't remember. It's Anthony Moran Anthony! Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Ready for a new... 
massive, massive season of the brink, I'm sure. And sitting next to you is a man who, well, is a man. He's Matt Stevenson. Matt! Good morning. Some call me a man, some don't. But I'm sure your wife does, but uh, others some don't. Days. Some days. Yes. Some days. Big show planned, as always, all the regular segments. We have Ben Johnston from the Northern Suburbs Railway proposal joining us later on. And as always, you can get in contact with us throughout the show, 0427 But if these two gentlemen in front of me will give me permission, I think we will go back to the music. Is that all right? Let's do it. Yes. And our next bit we're going to hear, um, we obviously went to the Olympics, sort of, uh, every time there's a winter or summer games. And, of course, the uh, Winter Olympics in 2010 were in Vancouver. And uh, we had to give a bit of our own figure skating commentary during those games. So uh, we thought we were going to save this maybe till February next year when, obviously, the uh, Pyeongchang games are on. But we thought we'd play this for you now. So here's some of our exclusive Olympic commentary back from the year 2010. Yes, and welcome out here to the Pacific Coliseum here in Vancouver. Just welcome everybody listening and joining us around the world. We're about to witness Dennis Ten from Kazakhstan, homeboy here for the network. Matt and Anthony, you've both witnessed his routine during the week. What is your opinion on him? Yeah, Dennis has uh, been in fine form over the week. Uh, as, as you all know from his home country, he's uh, a, a national champion. Uh, but his performances over the week have just been outstanding as he... Uh, Gets really I like right to call the them moment. the crazy legs and the arm twist. This is very good. This is an interesting routine from Dennis. I've been watching him in training. And um, if he pulls off some of these moves, he could easily get at least a five. But as he starts off here with a bit of a twirl. Now, this is to entice the judges into his lustful glare. If you see the way he skates backwards, that's just his way of saying, I'm here, I'm free, I'm yours. And, um, I'm glad he's actually... Uh, are appreciated. He's actually chosen to wear underwear today too, which is different from during the week. But if you listen to the music, this is his ode to the James Bond franchise. Mm. And uh, Dennis, a big fan of these. He's got permission from the Broccolis about this. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's just showing his rear end to the judges there. That's his way of saying, welcome to my routine. This is me, I'm here. Mm. Uh, I mean, his direct competition later this week... Over this week, you'll notice is uh, Mitchell von Crum, yes. who who has the Mission Impossible theme. Now, as you watch this, Matt, I realise that um, this is a difficult routine, and I have to call this the fountain esque twist. As he, he spreads his legs up there, as if to say, "Welcome, look at me, I'm here." And the arms spread there. I think graceful. he says that a lot with a lot of moves, apparently. Ben. Oh, he's missed that move there. That's a big cock up. Now, if you see the extension of the leg, that could get him quite a few points deducted in the end score. We hope that he doesn't. Continue this. As you as you witness this, though, that's a very graceful move. Now, oh, I think that's an overextension of the uh, the skate there. Absolutely, no. She she he has has been. He has that effect on you, don't you? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, Matt? absolutely. But as, as this is that's of course his ode to the James Bond franchise. He's moved through the history. Now he's just gone through Sean Connery to George Lazenby. Of course, you blink and you miss George. And now it's the open my leg. Look at Roger Moore. He's here. He's more ladies. He has some more. And that and is a beautiful double look the there. Yes. That will easily get some marks for him wow, as he goes into the, the flip and the kick. spin. He actually yeah. killed a few small children in his home nation no, practicing I think, that. I think he comes out to the tickle me Elmo after this. I hear we come to the the climax of the performance. There we go. Nice as you strong, hear the music build up now, he gets into this bit of a dance. 
And um, I think he's going to lose some marks there for his bra strap he's showing. Interesting that the Kazakhstanian athlete chose to wear a bra for this intro. As long as nothing falls out, it's going to be true. all points intact. Now this, of course, is reliving the scene from The World Is Not Enough, the boat on the River Thames. It's interesting how his legs represent the boat and his arms represent the evil villains. But as you watch there, he completely missed that. The judges will mark him down on that. I think that... It could be something that is devastating for his end result, but once again... Oh, that's that's beautiful move there. The crowd really got a taste of up there. That was difficult. He's really been struggling on that one all week, but he's pulled it off really well so far. This is is the the climax. The crowd's loving that view. They're cheering. They got a whiff of that, and that is magnificent. Finish there. Dennis 10. The crowd love it. Matt's cheering. The Kazakhstanians are going crazy, both of them in the crowd there. And I tell you what... He's going to bring glory to Kazakhstan from Vancouver here. It's well, going to be interesting to see what the judges say. Now I like I like this at the end of at the end of the actual performance. This bit of a wave, and I always love the people coming on the ice, people throwing out flowers, throwing out gifts to him, but they're stealing them. Yeah, the Oompa Loompas. The Canadian. <laughs> that that's a bit that's a bit off there, Matt. But I think the Canadians. Are, I didn't know they were known for their their thievery. Um, yeah, hey, that's a gold watch. In Australia, um, child slavery is illegal, but obviously in uh, Canada, they're still allowing the children to be employed. Now, as Dennis like goes to his booth, he's found a bear. Oh, that's nice, and I believe that's George. He's um, his lover. And he, <laughs> his life partner yes. also um, coexists as his trainer and manager. I now, hear. this is the nerve-wracking part, of course. We're going to take a look back there. The crowd loving him as he sits in front of the sponsors thing there, of course, and then we're going to take a bit of a replay. Now, the zooming up there on his shoulder, it was very out of joint there, Matthew. Yes, as I take a mouthful of water at the same time. He does, he does have double-jointed shoulders, so uh, that's it's classic. to his advantage, I think. That's classic Dennis. We've seen that a lot from him throughout his career. Yeah, that was a very strong almost week. perfect performance. And now this oh, is no, a f- he splits <laughs> into seven! How does he do that? That is a fantastic angle by the, the camera thing there, to see just the emotion. And the judges, I think, will mark up for that. That's technologically advanced. Mm. And you I can think s- this is probably one of the most technologically advanced games ever, don't you think? Absolutely. I, I think the Vancouver crowd has just done magnificent with their technology. Canada, not known for their computer skills, but I think Bill Gates might have been doing stuff. But look at, the, look at the facial expressions that Dennis expresses there. It's almost like, look at me, I am here, I'm a figure skater, stuff you if you don't like me. Now, this is the move yeah, that I think so will win him, a, win him a few points. Look at that. The landing... It's almost like he wasn't even in the air. A triple halt spin. Yes, Anthony. Which... I was forgetting the name of that one. Thank mm, you for that's, that. That's, you're welcome. Yeah, um, you can see the pure emotion on his face as he as he does the break your leg off half pike. And that the gun move at the end. It's like I'm James Bond. Look at me. And, and look, and then he's smiling at the camera. I love this. Oh, hello, Dennis. Through. Yes, hello. How are you? Now the scores. Yes, they're coming through. So we listen here for the judging. His, his partner looking very nervous there. Now what's going to be a score here? I'm going to guess a very high score there. 10 clear elements of 33. Hey, that's not too bad. Short program, 65, 76.28. Where does that put him? Second silver medal there in the position for Dennis. Of course, he's the first competitor. Considering how he didn't go to first, I don't really know. But that wraps up our time here at the Pacific Coliseum. We'll be we back very shortly. And uh, we'll be back very shortly with the next skater. Clearly. There's a reason why we never became big name uh, commentators. Uh, we're still waiting for that call up, of course. 
bit of a regular segment now, I feel, that we're playing you a bit of a snippet or a best-of moment from uh, the week of our Oz Network episodes. Of course, if you love TV, movies, everything along those lines, then by all means, please uh, download Oz Network episodes available where good podcasts are downloadable. But uh, Nora and myself recorded some Lost episodes as we're uh, obviously catching up a lot on the Lost episodes. And um, we sort of had a bit of a moment there where apparently... Noah wanted to be a bit of a dick to me when it came to walking up uh, mountains. Dick Noah moment, but I've uh, been on a hike with you. <laughs> I, I don't wow, this, I love how this is going. Laughing already. Oh, Dick Noah moment. I went on a hike with you. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't do this either, but I, I like the idea of doing it, but I'd get up one flight and I'd I do need it. to be fitter, <laughs> Noah. I need to be fitter um, to do it. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it either, so I can't talk. I'd, right, I'd do yeah. one. Dick one Noah moment. Ha ha ha, Ben, you were on a hike. You couldn't even make it up in one glass, mate. Ha ha ha. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Dick, wow. Noah moment. Dick Noah moment. There you go. I'm, I'm the Kevin of this episode. You are. Uh, hashtag, do you want me to take a photo for you? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I don't get the reference. <laughs> it worked out better for me when I got to the top because I jumped in. Oh, 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 yeah, now I get it. I'm like, what? Ah, Dick Ben moment. Ah. <laughs> All um, right, now we're even. Yes, that happened. Um, yeah, thanks, Noah. That really hurt my feelings. It's been another few weeks since we've had this guy on because we don't have an excuse. Uh, it's Colin Hilty from Canada. Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for having me for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, since you had better things to do since then, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how much I actually want to talk to you right now. Yeah, you're not the first person to ever say that to me. Um, there was not a huge amount of things for us to talk about here anyway, but one thing I want to mention, um, Colin, uh, I think we sort of loosely touched on this a few weeks ago, but happy one-year anniversary for me being in Winnipeg. I believe it's this week. Yeah. I, I think exactly the time recording this, 12 months ago I was in Montreal right now, so I was about to fly to Winnipeg. So um, oh, what a, what a, an esteemed 24-ish hours that we had, was it not? Last of plenty. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I just find it funny because you said anniversary. I'm thinking, well, it's my wedding anniversary this weekend. It's five years. But I guess that takes precedent, doesn't it? Yeah. One year ago today, my wife was like, thanks for the anniversary celebrations. Now, what are you doing with this Tasmanian? <laughs> well, I was lucky, actually, that I did tie that in. And like I didn't go to Winnipeg first because um, you would have been like, go away. It's our year sex night. Um, but... Um, I, you know, <laughs> that came from, um, but I, I, I think, did you not, was it you or Jamie posted something recently about it snowing there? And, uh, but when I was there, it was like the first snow, was it not of, of the year? Yeah. Winter. So it started snowing there earlier this year. Yeah. A lot earlier. Um, and everybody I talked to has the same memory that growing up, it was almost a guarantee that either Halloween or the day after is when we get our first snowfall. And I can't even count how many times. It was like, you know, uh, you'd, you'd be trick-or-treating and it would start snowing or you'd wake up in the morning and you'd be digging into your candy. You're like, oh, well, there's all the snow outside. And then over the last, I don't know, decade, you know, maybe even longer, maybe in like 15 years, it just seems to be getting later and later. And last year when, uh, what was it, like November 20th or 21st, we had our first snowfall. Mm. That wasn't even that late compared to what we've had. Like we've had a few years here where it's early December before we get any snow and 
were known uh, throughout Canada, like jokingly, as winter pig, just because of how brutal our winters are. But it's just been getting later and later. And I thought you were to blame last year when it came November 20th. But this year, I think it was like maybe October uh, 17th or 18th. Like we've actually had snow for already a month now. Well, um, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I, I have good memories that uh, I'm trying to remember. So you, I have good memories. I'm trying to remember. So um, I landed at the airport. I waited. You picked me up. That was great. We had yummy pizza. Um, we were meant to record Die Another Day that night, but we ended up talking all night. So we didn't. Then we went to that, uh, the Mint, where that little kid wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, <laughs> we went We went to Walmart as well. I remember going to Walmart. Um, then we had lunch at that burger place, which was pretty nice. Um, and then we went to that museum. (laughs) For human rights. (laughs) Have you been to that since we went to it? No, because it costs money to get in there and I'm cheap. Uh, Right. Yep. (laughs) But they, every once in a while they have a free day. I'm like, ah, I should go there again. Cause I mean, the thing is, is it's, it's one of the most incredible structures I've ever seen. Like just the presentation of it inside looked incredible and there were some cool displays, but, uh, I, I do think the most fun to have in it was when you sit in the confessional box and you talk about, you know, <laughs> how you've been affected by human rights and everything, and you went on a rant about how podcasters have been disrespected <laughs> in today's day and age. My favorite bit was when we were playing that weird table game, and you oh, were all yeah. like losing, cracking, and shits because I was like beating you, and you're like, I've been playing this for longer than you have. And then when we like were in that room by ourselves, and they were like showing, like, some videos, and you kind of devote, like, oh, yes, they should have human rights, or no, they're being violated, or whatever. And we're all being just, like, silly. And then that woman walked in, and you and I were both so serious. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. yeah, so assisted death, that's a serious discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we went to the that uh, that Parliament housey thing. Uh, Our Parliament. Uh, yep, and we tried to, like, <laughs> speak to the Premier, but we didn't. Um, he was gone. And we signed Noah's name in, like, everything. Um, it was like, yeah, well, it was the same thing when we were uh, in the Human Rights Museum and you did your confessional, you know, your very disrespectful work, which was funny because the doors opened and there were people outside who were probably like, that, that is so disrespectful. <laughs> they're just <laughs> looking as we're laughing in there and filming a video in the uh, National Museum for Human Rights. But you signed it as Noah Gross, <laughs> Snug Rules email address or something like that. And then the Parliament Building, they had some display uh, on one of the basement uh, floors or something like that, which was, I guess, about like women's rights. And it was supposed to be like, you know, again, like what a beautiful display. And I look, and the name above yours is John Gerard, who had run for premier several times. I've actually voted for the guy. Um, and he's still, you know, in politics. And he's like, what a beautiful display. And we just signed it, hey. Noah Groves. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very serious people. Um, then Jamie made really nice macaroni and cheese, and we watched Die Another Day. And then I went back to the Airbnb with that weird lady and her cat. <laughs> I kicked you out after you, you did. watched Die Another Day. You, like, literally Which, kicked if, me out. If people want to listen to 007, available via iTunes, <laughs> look for our commentary on Die Another Day, where you hear... My baby, and it's not the only time it's happened, but you hear him screaming as loud as any baby can <laughs> scream, as if somebody were torturing him as Die Another Day is being played. And uh, 
that's my favorite Casper Cries moment of the dozens of Casper Cries moments we've had on the show. Oh, good times. And I went off and had Thanksgiving in America, which was fun. Um, but, yeah, I need to come <laughs> back. I mean, you know, I I'm, pff, don't know what I'm doing post-Commonwealth Games, but we'll see. So I need to find work somewhere in Canada because it's easier to get a job than America. Um, but, yeah, anyway. But uh, I've literally right now, though, I have Googled Canada because I didn't know if, like, something big has happened there. Um doesn't it looks like you're getting legal pot um did you know that or <laughs> uh well i mean justin trudeau's been pushing for that since he was elected oh. which typical stone most trudeau. people here yeah i mean most people here are like yeah we don't really care and then justin trudeau's like come on guys please um, so we'll when did you make gay marriage legal like 10 years ago or something like that so we'll, we'll since oh, we yeah. just passed gay marriage to be legal in the last week or so uh we'll get legal marijuana in about 10 years um i mean i googled justin trudeau to see if australia's posting anything about his ass um but apparently there's a can we just cru- do a justin yeah can we do a justin trudeau comparison for what's on canadian news versus australian news every week I can do that right now, sure. I mean, apparently he's got a beer named after him. Um, (laughs) uh, Actually, that's a fun game. I should, like, just go, Justin Trudeau, Australian News. You should type in Malcolm Turnbull, Canadian News. It will just come up with the question mark, who? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else for Justin Trudeau? He's going to China. Good for him. Um, there's, um, There's not really a whole lot here. Uh, we have mothers sent pictures of fentanyl victims to Justin Trudeau. Yeah, I've seen that one, actually. Uh, there's one here, actually, from... Is this Australian ABC? Or is it? It is. It's Australian ABC. Screwed by Justin Trudeau. Leaders fume over scuppered Trans-Pacific Partnership deal. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has infuriated leaders of 10 other Asia-Pacific countries by pulling a sudden no-show for the signing of a lucrative trade deal. Ooh. Um, he becomes a second leader behind Donald Trump to desert the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but unlike the United States President, his motives and future intentions have not been publicly explained. What did he do, Colin? Where'd he go? I don't know. I mean, ever since he switched to looser pants, I mean, his game's just been totally <laughs> off. Um, there's... Oh, okay. This, this is like a whole article here on ABC, Australia's, I guess, most serious news site. Um, in regards to Quebec elections. Um, all right. <laughs> I didn't realise that, um, you know, there's... But not Manitoba. Like, seriously? There's so many articles here about this craft beer in the Ukraine for Justin Trudeau. I mean, did you know about this? Um, no, because, again, we don't really follow Justin Trudeau news <laughs> here. On. This is legitimately one 14 minutes ago. Uh, the headline here... Donald Trump thought Jacinda Ardern, who's the new Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, was Justin Trudeau's wife. (laughs) (laughs) US President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern met at the ASEAN summit, but apparently he didn't know she was a world leader. Canadian Tom Sainsbury, best known for his Snapchat impersonations of politicians, spoke to Ryan Bridge and Radio Live his conversation on Miss Ardern. The two appeared, blah, 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 blah. He said that while the two were backstage, he asked Miss Ardern what he, her time at the Asian Summit and, most importantly, what it was like to mis- meet Mr. Trump. I'm not sure if I should be saying this, but she said that Donald Trump was confused for a good amount of time, thinking that I was Justin Trudeau's wife. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very attractive couple, actually, Justin Trudeau and Jacinta Ardern. Um, Can I uh, read the Malcolm Turnbull one on Canada's National Post? Sure. 
So the only story that comes up is Diplomat playing a game of trust dies in fall off terrace. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you read the article, it has nothing to do with Ma- Malcolm Turnbull until you read the last paragraph. It says, Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull said the death of Simpson, the second secretary to the United Nations for Australia, was shocking tragedy. Hearts go out to his family. And yeah. that's the only mention of him, and that's the only news in all of Canada on your Prime Minister. Is that, him commenting on somebody more important's death? I read that headline straight away, and I'm like, "That's, that's like in a movie or something like that." Like somebody's offed him. That he didn't fall as an accident. He's he's been pushed. Um, there's, there's a picture here of Justin Trudeau's midlife crisis, and I swear they've like photoshopped him being bald. Is that, or am I looking at it? I don't know what I'm reading here. Uh, Calgary beer league hockey team heads to Costa Rica with Justin Trudeau's best wishes. Cool. Uh, oh, that's all the news here. That's dominated. There is a photo here. I'm going to send you this article. They've photoshopped Justin Trudeau balding. Uh, <laughs> is it, I could have done a better photoshop than that. It's terrible. Apparently it was a magazine I'm just curious. Wow. Is he like... Oh, see, he basically... You know what they did? They just took his father's head because oh. his dad was a prime minister as well. He just chopped off the top of his dad's head and put it on Justin Trudeau's body. It's even got the same hair. Yeah, there's really, like, nothing interesting here. There's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Two years in. A review. Um, <laughs> yep. Oh, Sting, Justin Trudeau, KD Lang, salute Leonard Cohen at Tribute. Aw. <laughs> Put on them. Well, where's Bieber in there? <laughs> and a month ago, Justin Trudeau supports undivided Spain. Oh, well, good on him. Um, yeah, this is really boring. Uh, it's amazing that he's still in office with such scandals going on. <laughs> I mean, that Canadian beer, Calgary beer team. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything interesting? I mean, Malcolm Turnbull in Australia is just, I guess, what your versions would be. Of your news in terms of, you know, it's all political. My heart's go out to the family of whoever (laughs) died this morning. (laughs) I mean, is anything interesting happening in Canada right now that we should know about? Um, no. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) No. The only exciting thing, which I know you'd be excited about, and maybe this is what you can plan your next trip for, is uh, John Cleese is doing a Canadian tour in March. Right after my birthday, he'll be here in Winnipeg. So that's the only exciting thing, is that somebody from a better country than Canada is coming to make us all laugh. He he came to Hobart about three or four years ago, and I very nearly got an interview with him. So um, didn't quite fall into place, sadly. But, um, yeah, we. I mean, John Cleese is just one of those people that everybody likes, right? Like... We can say that right now. Yeah, within, the next, well, within the next 24 hours, I'm sure he'll be accused of sexual assault. So, um... <laughs> um well, just be cautious on when you post this. Read the news first. <laughs> if you, all of a sudden you hear, like, an edit, because we recorded this 24 hours before we released it, of, like, oh, John Cleese, someone you should all hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one thing I'll say before we close you off, then, is, I uh, mean, sort of, I can tie this into Canada... I mean, obviously, we know that, you know, you're like me. We love the Olympics, Winter Olympics now, uh, I believe, less than 100 days away. Uh, we've obviously got the Commonwealth Games to look forward to. Canada does pretty decently in a summer sport environment. Um, the World Cup, 
uh, which I guess gets barely any coverage in Canada because you guys were long since eliminated in the qualification. But good news, obviously, for Canada. The USA didn't make it either. Do you have any interest in the World Cup at all, Canada? I mean, uh, Colin, I know we'll talk this about Nick because uh, New Zealand narrowly missed out. And I think Canada made it once, I think, in 1986 or 1982 or something like that. But um, do you give a shit about the World Cup? Uh, I'll be honest. If I had known it was going on, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest so sporting event in the world. The only biggest sporting event bigger than the Olympics. You had no idea that it was on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Canadians, I mean, we, we, we follow sports that take place on ice. Um, and if it doesn't take place on ice, it had better have Andre DeGrasse running. That's all we really know about sports outside of ice. Well, you did qualify in but, 1986, to correct myself. Uh, I will say this just shows, you know, our uh, uh, national network, CBC, uh, this afternoon, they were airing some ice skating qualification as well as our national curling championships. So <laughs> now we know that national curling uh, is more important than World Cup of anything. And legitimately in Australia, nobody knows the Winter Olympics are on until the day before it airs here. So uh, <laughs> um, it's actually interesting. Well, I mean, you might know a lot more about the, uh, the World Cup because uh, Canada are actually co-bidding for the 2026 World Cup, you are co-bidding with the US and Mexico to have a, a North American World Cup. So, uh, and you're only up against Morocco. So, I think you might be in with a chance. Um, oh, yeah, as long as it's not on the same day that John Cleese is performing, I will be there. <laughs> the, uh, sadly, though, Colin, Winnipeg, not one of the bidding cities. Um, games will be played in Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, and Montreal. So, what? Uh, no, Flin Flon? No, Flin Flon. Um, Ottawa didn't even make it, sadly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, look, I, if, I, if, if I have any suggestion to you when it comes to, like, June next year, you know, against the biggest sporting event in the world, um, do what I did, adopt a team, because growing up, Australia was like Canada. We never made the World Cup. We sucked. Um, so I had to adopt a team. So I adopted Germany and I've gone from ever since I go for Germany more than I go for Australia, uh, which I get people go off at me for. So like right now, adopt a country that are at the world cup next year, maybe like Panama or something like that. Um, not Panama. They won't do well. Um, but then like they're your team so that when Canada maybe gets good again in 20 years time, um, you can care about it or do you just not like soccer? Well, <laughs> uh, no, I I'll be honest. Whenever I'm not cheering for Canada, it's always Burkina Faso. So that's my new team. Well, they're not at the World Cup, so you might need to <laughs> help yourself Just out. Keep running down. Just keep going through the African nations. You'll find one eventually. <laughs> Senegal. <laughs> hey, they made it. They did. Way hey, Senegal. Right. There we go. Congratulations. I'm always behind Senegal. Senegal. So <laughs> there's my team. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you're dying to know quickly before we leave how Canada went at the 1986 World Cup. Um, you played in Group C, uh, which contained France, Hungary, and the Soviet Union. Uh, in your first game against France, uh, you sadly lost 1-0, uh, but it took to the 79th minute for the French to score, so you kept in the game. You did all right. Um, against Hungary, the, the very unfunny Hungarians, um, you sadly lost 2-0. Um, and against the esteemed Soviet Union, you sadly lost 2-0. So you lost all three games, weren't embarrassed, uh, but didn't score a single goal. So, 
And that was our best. I'm sure that is often talked about in Canadian sporting folklore. The time we went to the World Cup and lost all three games and haven't qualified since. So, yeah. It's right up there with the time we played Burkina Faso and actually won. Those are our two crowning moments. There was, there was actually a... Um, Australia used to always have to go through these random qualification um, weird bits to get into the World Cup before we joined um, the the Asian Confederation. And there was actually, I think it was 94 in the lead up to us trying to qualify uh, after we kind of came through Oceania. And like, to, to explain, us playing soccer in Oceania is kind of like, I guess, if Canada had to qualify through like the Caribbean to get to an ice hockey World Cup, you're going to win every game 20 nil. <laughs> So, like, you know, we've just got to play, like, Tonga. and Like, we hold the record. We beat American Smile 38-0. It's a world record for the biggest, you know, score in any international soccer match. So, we eventually joined Asia because it was just serious. So, you, you had to... You made it through Oceania. Fine. Then you had to go through intercontinental playoffs. And on the way to that, we actually had to play Canada in, like, 94. And I think it was, like, quite close. But we just beat you. And then we had to go along and play uh, Argentina, which, of course, is one of the best soccer sides in the world. So um, there is famous uh, Canadian-Australian soccer sporting rivalry. That's what I'm trying to say, Colin. <laughs> yeah. This is, like, the age-old rivalry of Canada-Australia. You know, we're... we're... <laughs> We're head-to-head in soccer, and then it'll be the exact same thing in hockey come February. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that that actually won't happen. Um, yeah, we beat you 2-1 in the first leg. No, Canada beat us 2-1. There was 2-1 in the second leg and went to penalties, and we beat you 4-1 on penalties. So there you go, just just in case you were wondering the score. Colin, it's been that's fun. Why, <laughs> I, I just want to say that's why no Canadian will ever allow an Australian to stay in his home. Um, <laughs> yes. is the real reason you... Stay in an Airbnb. Airbnb. When you're here. <laughs> you and your crazy cat lady. Yeah. That, she was weird, that woman. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us, and we'll probably speak to you again in another month. All right. Well, we're here to talk about Burkina Faso. I'm going to bring you a classic interview right now. It's been a few weeks since we've done this, and, uh, well, we played, obviously, our chat previously with... Uh, then Prime Minister Julie Abbott, uh, Julie Abbott, <laughs> Julia Gillard, Ben, you know who you're talking about. Then, obviously, we uh, were lucky enough to interview Kevin Rudd, former Prime Minister at the time, who, of course, um, at the time was Foreign Minister. We have also interviewed another Prime Minister on this show, although he wasn't Prime Minister at the time. He was Opposition Leader at the time, went on to uh, become Prime Minister. That's maybe where I'm getting the Abbott from before when I said Julia Abbott. Uh, Tony Abbott, we uh, famously, of course interviewed him then it never recorded so we were lucky enough to get a second chance at interviewing him so this is that second chance our interview with the then opposition leader of australia and uh, soon to be prime minister not long after this mr tony abbott edge radio 99.3 fm it is the brink now back towards the end of last year you would all remember the biggest mistake that has ever been made on this station was made by my good self in which we successfully campaigned to land an interview with federal opposition leader tony abbott only to realise that the record button hadn't actually been pressed and the interview was forever gone into interview heaven. Well, we are extremely happy now to be able to say that despite our little mistake, the man at the centre of that event, Tony Abbott, has phoned in finally to once again try this chat and prove that we did succeed in getting a chat with him. So please welcome to the brink the leader of the federal opposition, Mr Tony Abbott. Tony, thanks very much for accepting our invitation once again. Ben, what a pleasure and uh, let's hope the technology 
technology works for us today. Now, I've been told that it is definitely recording this time. We've got people watching it and monitoring it. But um, did we actually create a bit of a first last year by being the first radio show to interview you but then actually not be able to air it? <laughs> Look, uh, there are probably a few interviews that I would have preferred hadn't been aired. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think that makes sense. <laughs> Yes, but I think it's probably the first interview where it was, as it were, a station error rather than politician error that caused, <laughs> caused that desire. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could create some sort of first there with that yeah. one, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, in the interview last year um, that nobody ever heard of except you and I, we briefly touched on International Tony Abbott Day, of course, that we held in your honour last year. Mm -hmm. Now, um, look, if we're planning this again this year, Tony, which I think we really should, do you yeah. think that um, to get the campaign going this year, we should get everyone in the country walking around in budgie smugglers? Well, look, uh, I think provided they're about to do an ocean swim, I think that's a great thing. So we've got to get 20 million Australians lined up uh, on beaches at some point in time wearing appropriate swimwear. Appropriate swimwear, indeed. Are there any suggestions for the type of budgie smugglers? Do they have to be red? Look, uh, surf club budgie smugglers come in a whole different range of colours and, I guess, uh, you know... The shape of the smugglers is much the same. It's the budgies that sometimes have uh, differences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's, it's all yeah. about the, the signs of the budgies in that one. Sam? Absolutely. Uh, Tony, I believe you're actually in Tasmania at the moment. Uh, given the busy schedule uh, you've had and the amount of travelling you have to do, do you ever get a chance to really take in our beautiful state, meet some of the locals and enjoy the paradise? Well, Sam... Look, I had a very busy day in Launceston yesterday and, and I did uh, a little street walk in the mall. I had a community forum in Launceston last night that I think ABC24 might have uh, might have broadcast some of. Uh, so I did get a chance to meet a few locals. And, you know, I went to the fabulous Black Cow restaurant uh, last night. That is a terrific steakhouse. I mean, I've been to some pretty good steakhouses over the years, but the Black Cow take some beating. Well, that's good to hear. They're getting a nice nice plug on that one. Have you been to Mona yet, Tony, in Hobart? Look, uh, that is a delight that I have yet to experience. Ah, well, maybe if you ever get a, a spare few minutes to, to go out there, because, look, we don't want to spoil the experience for you, but... Um, now, this is the this is the new, uh, the new gallery, isn't it? Yeah, essentially it's a museum of sex and death, but um, <laughs> it, it, it's doing brilliant things for the well, tourism. I, well, I'm, inter I'm interested in about half of that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we'll ask you which one, Tony, because I'm not sure if we'll probably answer that one. When was the last time you actually had a, a proper holiday? Uh, well, look, Margie and I went down the south coast in January to a place called Barara, which we do every year with friends of uh, ours that we've been holidaying with for the best part of two decades. So that was a, a nice trip. And last year I was lucky enough to go to France with, Margie to catch up with uh, Lulu, our eldest daughter, who was at that stage uh, studying in Switzerland. So um, they were two decent holidays I've had in the last 12 months. As we are a youth station, Tony, we have a lot of younger listeners who may be working out what they want to do in the future. Yep. What would you recommend, uh, or why would you recommend the job of politician to them, and why, what would you say is the most important thing they have to do in order to achieve it? Well, the job of politician, Sam, is not for everyone. Um, I think, as John Howard once said, that it's the 
highest and noblest form of public service, but you've got to have a particular level of dedication to do it. So uh, uh, if that's the way your muse is leading, give it a go. But I wouldn't expect uh, too many people to instinctively go that way. Have very thick skin at the same time too. Well, you do have to have thick skin. Look, if, if you are interested in being uh, a member of parliament, the important thing is to uh, join the political party of your choice um, because uh, nearly always you've got to represent a political party to, uh, uh, to get there. Uh, it's also important, though, to, uh, particularly if you want to represent the Liberal Party, it's also important to have a strong record of community service. And if you take a guy like Andrew Nikolic, who is our candidate in Bass, uh, he didn't have a lengthy membership of the Liberal Party, but what he did have was uh, 30 years of service in the Army. Uh, he was a decorated soldier rising to the rank of brigadier. The Liberal Party likes to pre-select people who have got strong records of public service, uh, strong records of achievement in their lives, and Andrew Nikolic, uh, for that reason, is both... Uh, a great Liberal and a great candidate. And obviously people who are extremely interested in that can, uh, can visit the, the Australian and Tasmanian Liberal websites there, Tony, and obviously find out all the details on there, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. But look, you know, one of the things that I, I would like to think uh, is, is universal, Ben, um, is this desire to serve the community. Now, we can serve the community in every walk of life. I mean, as a parent, uh, as a neighbour, uh, as a voter, uh, as a doctor, truck driver, shop assistant, uh, scientist, teacher, business person, whatever. I mean, uh, all of us can, can, can serve the community. And, and I guess we do that by trying to ensure that we do what we do uh, as well as we can. And with that instinct of selflessness, uh, which I think is uh, uh, a great leaven in our civilization, in our culture. Fantastic point there, Tony. Now, look, um, we're going to wrap this interview up in just a second with a set of five questions that you, you did get last year, Tony, but of course, okay. as we know, no one has heard them. No right? one has heard them. No one has heard the them. secret answers. The hitherto secret questions and secret answers. Yes, and gee, too, weren't some of those answers you gave last year controversial? I mean, my <laughs> word, if the press had gotten a hold of them, I reckon you could have lost your job, Tony. God, anything's possible, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I just hope I can remember the answers I gave last year and be consistent. Yes, well, look, I'll tell you one thing. Before we just get to those, there's, there's one quick thing I need to touch on. Um, a, a very important issue, Tony, that's actually been in the in the media this week, in the news. And, look, we have to get to some serious topics here on the show. It's a story that really has been dominating the headlines and it's causing lots of worry in the health and mental well-being of, of young Australians. Mm. So, 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 Tony Abbott, what are your thoughts on One Direction? <laughs> well, I saw some young girls in Sydney the other day and uh, they were screaming, and I thought, at last, uh, I've got some fans. But apparently they were waiting for One Direction. Oh, so, Disappointed yet again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the, the, just the lack of signs saying, we love you, Tony, could have been a bit of a giveaway, maybe. Yeah, look, I, the, the honest truth is that um, I've heard of them. You couldn't have been alive in Australia over the last few days and <laughs> not have heard of them. But 
I have heard of them. I haven't heard their music, so mm. I'm not in a very good position to comment on it. Maybe we can have a few listeners right now send you a couple of their CDs. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> we'll get to these five questions now. Yeah. Now, uh, look, Sam and I, we, um, we love putting the big questions to our guests and uh, starting off with the biggest question you'll ever answer this morning. Question number one, Tony Abbott, what is your favourite type of cheese? Uh, blue, blue cheese. Blue cheese? Bit of yeah. It's, it's an acquired taste blue cheese, isn't it? It is, but I, it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful once you've got the taste. Right, there we go. Sam, question number two. Tony, what is your worst habit? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'd rather not say. Oh, now, come on. I think our listeners want to hear, Tony. Come on. <laughs> oh, look, uh, I have so many. Where do I begin? Um... um Reading the newspapers when other people want to talk to me. How's that? So you're doing it right now, are you? That's a bad habit. <laughs> Not the worst one, but it's one that I'm happy to share. The one that, the, the one that you're most likely to share on radio. Yeah. Okay, then I get that one. Uh, well, question number three, not sure then if you want to share this one either. Tony Abbott, are you a folder or a scruncher? A folder or a scruncher of... Of toilet paper. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I better pass on that one too. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you would pass in that one. Uh, Julia Gillard and Kevin Rudd also passed. So look, Did it's, they? it's one that federal um, politicians might not like to answer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sam, question number four. Tony, when you were growing up, who were your heroes? Who did you have on your bedroom wall on, on posters and so on? Well, look, uh, I was pretty dull. Um, I wasn't much into posters. Uh, uh, I had a lot of books, I read a lot of history, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but uh, but Winston Churchill was a great hero of mine. That's fine. That's, that's yeah. always good to have that. Did you have any um, celebrity childhood crushes as well, Tony? Uh, I think uh, I, I often wished I could sing like the Beach Boys, but uh, <laughs> I don't really think I had a bromance with them. Ah, oh, maybe, maybe. They're getting back together, though, Tony, so maybe you could um, you could rekindle that love for them. Well, look, um, <clears throat> they'd all be getting on a bit now. Ah, yes, that's and, very true. And, and look, I suspect that uh, on both sides uh, we're a bit past all that kind of thing. <laughs> you can always rekindle that deep down inside from when you were younger, Tony. No and doubt. The, the final question then this morning. Uh, also when you were growing up, Tony Abbott, what was your dream job? Well, again, this was uh, a long time ago, but I really wanted to be a long-distance truck driver when I was a little kid. Wow. There's something that I don't think we've actually had answered on that show. There's something after politics you could do. Well, funnily enough, uh, just before Christmas, I did get my heavy combination truck driver's licence. So uh, um, I I, I did a few events last year involving trucks, but I didn't have the licence to drive them. And... uh, I thought um, I should make sure that if I do any events this year involving trucks, I did have the license to drive them. And in getting that license, I fulfilled a long-cherished childhood dream. Oh, I like the sound of that. You can uh, rock up to Hobart in a big semi-trailer. How does that sound? Absolutely right. I like the sound of that. Well, Tony Abbott, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. We're glad we've hit the record button this morning. Good luck with everything in the future, and I'm sure we'll have a chat to you, no doubt, here on the Brink and Edge Radio again. Ben and Sam, a pleasure to talk to you, and I look forward to it. Very excited to be able to bring you this segment back. Oh, it's wow, this is news. This has been a long time coming. I've actually had to look this up. 
when the last time we did this segment, and it was actually way back in June, episode 31, uh, when I was actually overseas. I believe I was in Alaska at the time. So um, it's actually been a good uh, five months since we have done this segment. So uh, we've had a lot of guests on the show. We've been busy. So I hope you uh, were not missing this segment too much. And for those who are perhaps not knowing what this is, we've got some random news stories from the week, and um, we will bring this to you. These are all legitimate news stories. And uh, I thought that uh, it's time to bring this back because, you know, there's actually some funny ones here. So we're going to start off with heading to the uh, website of mirror.co.uk, some weird news section there. Um, Headline reads, Pub's great way to save space in toilets with an ingenious place for the sink. Starts off pretty well. Uh, So, uh, this is a a person writing this one, obviously, clearly, that's generally how articles are written. This is a Joshua Barry. So, Joshua says, Something incredible happened to me in a pub loo yesterday. I discovered a toilet with a sink in top of the cistern. Impressive. It's an incredibly efficient use of space in a cupboard-sized laboratory squeezed into a winding 18th century building. Now, um, if you're wondering what a cistern is, that's the top part of the toilet, because I'm looking at the picture. And um, we've actually got the sink sort of on top of the toilet. So, like, the part where you flush, there's a little sink on top of it. So, um, that's kind of clever. And apparently, this is a a news story enough to be on the What the Fuck section. Um, So, yeah, you can actually buy them in the UK. This is actually a really boring story. I should have really actually uh, read this beforehand, shouldn't I? Because apparently this is something that is quite common. But uh, anyway, so that was a bit of a waste of story. Let's go to another one here on mirror.co.uk. A bit of a good start here. Um, Irresponsible aircrew draws giant penis in the sky using jet trail leaving red-faced Navy chiefs to apologise. US Navy chiefs have apologised after an aircrew drew a giant penis in the sky using a jet's contrail. The massive phallic outline sparked intrigue when it emerged yesterday in the skies above Okanagan, Oak and Ogan County in western Washington, USA. Several residents shared pictures of the root image on Twitter. Today, the Navy confirmed one of its aircrew based in Whidbey Island, flying a Boeing EA-18G Growler was responsible for the drawing. In a statement sent to the US media, the Navy said the Navy holds its aircrew to the high standards and we find it's absolutely unacceptable, zero training value, and we are holding the crew accountable. Uh, there's actually a picture here on this website, and it is legitimately a giant penis in the sky. So, um, yeah, apparently this is a thing. The Navy has also apologised for irresponsible and mature act and said the aircrew had been grounded pending the outcome of investigation, KREM reported. According to KERM, Federal Aviation Administration said they would take no action because the act did not pose a safety risk. One official was quoted as saying, We cannot police morality. The huge male member caused upset to one mum who said she was worried she might have to explain to her younger children what the drawings were. But Ramon Duran said he burst into laughter when he spotted the obscene sketch. He told Seattle Times, After it made the circles at the bottom, I knew what it was and started laughing. It was pretty funny to see that. You don't expect something like that. Yep, that happened. Look up the sky for giant penises. Um, Alrighty, let's go to another one here in the mirror.co.uk. Woman throws message into sea wanting a date. Six years later, she gets a peculiar, peculiar response. It's a yellow baseball she's written here. I'm looking at the picture. Um, Sachin, Sacharen, Sacharen tear jokers. I don't know what Sacharen is. Uh, as well as 
uh, such as a notebook, are all well and good, but real-life romance tends to be a lot more mundane, not to mention pitted with disappointment. Still, this didn't stop an 18-year-old optimist and romantic Hayley Robbins from letting the universe decide her romantic fate six years ago. On a trip to the beach, Hayley wrote her name and phone number on a softball asking cute guys to text her before casting into the ocean. Time passed, nothing happened, and as you expect, Hayley forgot about this little experiment. It read, Hey, I want to be a superhero, guess my name, and was from a man called Adam. Could Haley's act of faith have paid off? Well, not exactly. In true cinematic style, there was a plot twist in store for Haley. Uh, Adam wasn't actually Adam. Instead, it turned out that Adam was a 16-year-old girl named Ashley, who then admitted her real name was Kelsey, and she'd been lying about being both Adam and Ashley for reasons that remain unclear. Kids, eh? It could have turned very sour. Haley had essentially been catfished after all, but instead she was completely okay with Adam, Ashley, Kelsey's reactions, and the two have since become friends. Okay, that's a nice little story, I guess. Um, cool. All right, there you go. All right, let's go to a, a one close at home, sort of. It's in Japan, but it's on news.com.au, a website which is generally just a what the fuck anyway. This is in their real life WTF section. Stray cat, prime suspect in attempted murder of elderly Japanese woman. I don't know why news.com.au has this in a weird news section. Every single story on their website's like this. It's clickbait. Um, a stray cat has become the prime suspect in the attempted murder of an elderly Japanese woman after she was hospitalised with severe face wounds. Fair enough. Uh, an investigation into the attempted murder of an elderly Japanese woman, uh, Meiko Matsumoto, who is 82, year old, 82, years old, 82 years old, Ben, speak, please, was bedridden. Um, well, that was the person. Uh, and was discovered by her daughter bleeding heavily from multiple face wounds in a home in a remote mountainous region of Japan. Miss Matsumoto was hospitalised, having suffered around 20 cuts to her face and couldn't identify her attacker, and she is reportedly unable to speak. When we found her, blood covered everything above her chin, Matsumoto's daughter told Japanese broadcaster RKK. Her face was soaked in blood. I didn't know what had happened. Police launched an attempted murder investigation, but were baffled after finding no sign of a break in the elderly woman's home. But after further inspection, authorities realised that Mr. Ms. Matsumoto Matsumoto's wounds look like scratches, making a stray cat their primary suspect. According to a Japanese newspaper, Nishinippon Shinbun, thank you, Ben, stray cats often hang around outside the 82-year-old's home in the town of Mifun, and police found traces of what might be human blood on one of the felines. Uh, police are analysing blood sample taken from the claw of the cat, which might have scratched the victim, national broadcaster NHK reported. A police... Spokesman declined to directly comment in case, but told AFP investigators are not disputing the media reports. So, news.com.au decided to go out of their way to claim in clickbait that a cat is the prime suspect in attempted murder, when in no way in this article do the police say that this cat is going to be charged with attempted murder. So this, ladies and gentlemen, is news.com.au clickbait to a T. And this is why whenever you want to say Australia's leading news website, you put inverted commas around the word news. And I'm going to close out here by one actually that um, I had to click on the other day because this to me won the internet with its clickbaitness when it actually comes to the headline. I'm actually going to read you the headline here. Angry McDonald's Nuggets man charged with drink driving after ordering 200 hash browns. Now, if that doesn't want to make you click on that article, then you don't have a pulse. That is winning 
clickbait right there. Um, a city man allegedly ordered 200 hash browns from a McDonald's drive-thru before being arrested by police and registering a blood alcohol level of 0.175. The alleged incident took place at about 4.50am on Saturday at the Thornley McDonald drive-thru in northern Sydney. Police claim the 30-year-old Epping man became angry at staff when he couldn't order chicken nuggets because they weren't on the breakfast menu, reported the Hornsby Advocate. Still a better news place to go to get your news then news.com.au instead he opted for hundreds of dollars worth of hash browns the man reportedly did four laps of the drive-thru during the incident and ordered the 200 hash browns on his second go around how he was ever going to eat so many hash browns is anyone's guess but in the end he never got the chance after police were called he was allegedly found intoxicated at the wheel while still waiting for his hash browns according to the report the driver registered a blood alcohol concentration of 0.175 anything above 0.150 is considered high range uh, his license was suspended and he is due to face court uh, on November 30. So there you go. That uh, to me was clickbait.com. Uh, that is our first uh, attempt at Wow, this is news for about five months. It's probably the reason why we don't really do that segment anymore. But we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Time to get into the best segment of the whole show. That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forgetting the lyrics. And again, as I always say every single week, they're not new ones, but they're sort of new ones. These are actually ones that we've gone back into the vault and pulled out of the vault from earlier this year. So these are our high noon uh, Forget the Lyrics. And uh, two here featuring me solo and one featuring me with a duet with Dakota. Let's hear, first of all, Solo, me doing a little bit of Adele and Hello, Why the Hell Not? Randy is standing outside the studio waiting to go inside a lecture. He looks so bored. Won't somebody let him in because I'm really worried for him. Randy, what are you doing? What's on your phone that you're looking at and not talking to people around you? They look so nice and friendly. Why are you so socially inept at talking to other people? Get off Facebook and talk to them. Now he's having a sip of something in a can. It's probably a beer. Let Randy into the classroom. He needs to learn some stuff at uni to get an education now because he's paying lots of it in hex debt and fees and also probably in motorsport because he's got that jumper on. Let Randy into the classroom. (laughs) I really realise I don't know this song that well. Cause it's Adele and she sucks and I don't care that it's her birthday. I probably should have chosen Skyfall because I know that song a lot better than Hello Randy. (laughs) I don't know. Alright, you thought that was bad. 
then why not hear me singing to uh, Madonna? Because apparently for somebody I love so much, I barely sing to her music. But uh, anyway, a bit of classic Vogue. Uh, I believe this had to do with like running over uh, wallabies or something. Good work on the synthesizer. Sounds like you've been practicing that too. Okay. Still a bit of clapping. Wallabies. 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 Bounce, 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 bounce. Wallabies. Bouncing. Flying. Got. Drive around. Everywhere you see them hopping, they're bouncing up and down the street. You try to avoid them everywhere you go, but you can't help but hit them and knock them off their feet. When all else fails and you hit one of them, guts and entrails go everywhere. But don't worry yourself because there's lots of them, so don't pull out. Your hair cause there so many wallabies, yeah. Let your car hit them on the highway. Splat, 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 wallabies, yeah. Gonna kill them lots of times. You know they go everywhere. Driving is so dangerous in Australia, especially when it comes to night time. Thought I'd break that down. When you hit they go through you made a bits on your car and that made no sense what's going on with me today i'm forget the lyrics i'm usually better than dakota but it's when i turn around and save it better i kick his butt when i'm hitting wallabies oh wallabies splat drive your car into them on the highway Guts everywhere, wallabies, flat. Make sure you hit them and not your neighbours Cat, 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 oh Yeah, I'm gonna end it because We gotta get to the duets Ah, oh, it's been a wallaby song and Yeah <laughs> Cool, alright yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Dakota and I want to do a duet in 2017, so why not become a teenage dirtbag and do a bit of weedus? Let's hear this now. I go for Hawthorne. Some say I jumped on the Barragan When they won the grand final a few years ago In 2008 But I don't care what they say Cause I'm a Hawthorne supporter Through and through Even though I don't watch any football at home I don't actually watch it anywhere But all I know is that Hawthorne aren't going very well this year Yeah Ben, take it away 
Thank you. Thank you, Dakota, for your permission. They lost Buddy Franklin. Still won a couple of grand finals in a row. Every was so sick of them that was meant to be everyone. I stopped up again, but not as bad as Hawthorne. They got belted by St Kilda. And that really shows how much they suck. Hawthorne got thrashed by a team with not much luck. Let's not forget they got thrashed by Gold Coast too, cause they suck. Hawthorne really sucks And it's the greatest thing to ever happen Because Hawthorne are worse than Collingwood I really, really, really hate them We used to be really good, but now we're really bad. There's no explanation for our quick demise. And even though I don't watch much football, it still makes me pretty sad. Because the rest of my teams are winning in every sport. Yeah, and I just, that's not even the bit of the song because it doesn't actually go that high. So that would have made me look really stupid if I just started like really yelling out and all that kind of stuff. But that's all right, because um, it does get really heavy in a minute and I can really sing. So I'll do that now, yeah. Oh yeah, Hawthorne, what happened to you? Oh yeah, Hawthorne I'm glad I don't watch football Hawthorne, you really, really suck I'd let that sit yeah. in silence for a little bit there. Yeah. I like them. That's all that matters, right? I like to think so. Alrighty, folkaroonies. It's time to head out and close off episode 52. A lot of fun today. And, uh, of course, we'll be back same time next week, same place for all your Brink and Goodness action. And uh, if you're a fan of the Brink Unleashed and you enjoy the Brink Unleashed 8, you can see deleted scenes of that uh, released today as well. So they're also available online. So... Check them out and give us some feedback. We'd like to hear what you think. In the meantime, subscribe to us on iTunes or also on Spotify uh, and Stitcher. And, of course, remember to uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, get involved with our shows and, of course, all our other sister shows uh, that we do out there as well, keeping very busy throughout the different programs. But we appreciate your company. Let's bring you home next week for our final episode of November, episode 53, coming your way. Thank you, your company. My name's been Ben. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Good night.